Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Uh, on hosting duties today is myself, Dan and Chris. Hey Chris. Hey. Excited for this one, Chris? Uh, just a little bit. <laughs> so our special episode today uh, to sort of tie in and celebrate the, re- the release of the new High Republic anthology, uh, Tales of Light and Life, which is coming out tomorrow, if you're listening to it on day of release. Uh, We have a very special guest. We have High Republic author who's written books such as Test of Courage, Out of the Shadows, uh, Path of Deceit, and many, many more. We have Justina Ireland with us. Justina, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Great. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Chris, do you want to get started? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, again, thank you for being here, Justine. I know we just said that, but I'll say it myself. Um, <laughs> so we've got a few basic questions. So the first one I'd like to ask you is, what was your defining experience with Star Wars? Um, not necessarily your first, uh, as a fan and as a professional writer. Um, You know, it's kind of funny because I think my defining experience for both is pretty much the same. And okay. it was when I went to my first Star Wars celebration. So I had never been to star wars celebration like i had seen like i i had always done like the comic cons right so it's like you know new york and san diego comic con you have you know your star wars but you have a lot of other fandoms there as well and so um when we started teasing the high republic that first year in chicago and it's like was it 2019 20 i don't know it's like yeah before times the before times yeah and um, that was the first time I had ever been to a Star Wars celebration. And my editor at the time, uh, Jen Heddle, she was kind of like, you've never been to celebration. And I'm like, no, she's like, well, we're going to bring you. She's like, but she's like, I just need you to be like prepared because it's a lot. <laughs> and yep. I was not prepared. <laughs> like, like I walked into like the convention center. And I was like, oh, because I think when you go to like a, like a, a Comic-Con where you have a bunch of different fandoms, you know, you have cosplayers, but you also have people who are cosplaying and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't necessarily know that fandom. So yeah. I don't know what that cosplay is. So like, you're just as much guessing what people are cosplaying, but um, a celebration, I would say probably a good 75% of the, the people attending are cosplaying, um, which is just seems like a much higher percentage than any other fandom. And it was just, it was like, I had walked into a Star Wars cantina. Like it was just like walking in and I was like, yeah. oh my goodness. And it was like super cool um, because it was it was just one of those experiences I hadn't had. And I think at some point in your like career, especially if you're in the comic side and, and like the, you know, fanish side, like you feel like you've, you've seen it all, you've been it. But there was, and I still have the picture on my phone somewhere. Someone was basically Acto, the, the Porg Mountain, and they yeah. had stuck Porgs all over oh, themselves, wow. and like, so was just like <laughs> that's crazy. Was, yeah, like I was expecting people in like full body Ewoks, right suits, right, especially if you're a short on the shorter side. But I had not expected like landscape. <laughs> so no, it was, it was, uh, yeah, no, it was really intense, and it was really cool, and it was one of those things where I was in the moment, and I was just like. I don't, I don't know how to hold myself. I don't know how to react. Um, but then afterwards, I was like, that was really fun. It was a lot of fun. So yeah, so that was probably my, my defining. Like, I think we all have like, you know, like obviously like, you know, watch the movies as, when you're younger and stuff like that. But I think that's the first time I realized it was more than just like me and a handful of people I know who were like super fans, right? That this was a whole convention center of Star Wars super fans. And that's pretty awesome. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll speak for me and Dan. Uh, this year was our first celebration as well. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, we're in the UK. It was yeah, in London yeah, yeah. this year. Obviously, you didn't make it, unfortunately. Um, but it was mind-blowing, eye-opening. And on the, the cosplay thing, the amount of people we saw um, dressed as Path of the Open Hand members was wonderful. Like it, obviously, most fans you get there, they they you know they're they're fans of the movies, but there was a yeah. there was a small contingent of like big book fans, and we saw like um, Chancellor Lena So, um, a lot of uh, Path of the Open Hands. Uh, it, there was even a Path of the Closed Fist ones in there as well, which was That's quite awesome. funny because that book wasn't out yet. Um, yeah, <laughs> but no, it was it was breathtaking, wasn't it, Dan? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there were loads of Marders as well. Marders everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was like so that's what's funny right because like you expect to see like the hans and the leias yeah. and like yeah. you know, like you know the luke's and even like old man luke but like you never expect to see book characters and so yeah it's always for me whenever i see especially with higher public stuff like whenever you see book characters it's like whoa because you know it's a lot different to go off of a description in a book or just whatever character or concept art that's been released versus yeah. having like a series of movies you can pull from for outfits yeah of course stuff. so yeah mm. even san diego this year um there were i was surprised how many people were dressed up as like you know uh, path of the open hand or like yeah. you know avar and that's like and so it's just like it's been really cool like to see people really respond to like those characters and uh especially especially someone like marta who you're like oh you're so confused <laughs> <laughs> sweet little murder baby <laughs> we are incredibly huge marta fans here aren't we marta like we could do like five episodes just on Mardero. <laughs> um, well, I guess sort of along the High Republic lines, uh, as we as we mentioned at the top, Tales of Light and Life, the new anthology yeah. is coming out tomorrow uh, when people will be listening to this. I have had the very good fortune of already reading it and uh, I absolutely loved your story in it. I won't say anything, but is there anything that you could tease listeners, let them know about what your story in Tales of Light and Life may feature? Yeah, so um, my story obviously features Vernestra Rowe, because that's my girl. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to I wanted to show what it's like when you're grieving, but you don't understand necessarily what to do with all that emotion, that that grief, right? Like, um, because I think, you know, at this point, we've seen Vernestra in a number of books, and we know she is very driven, she is like forward momentum incarnate kind of thing and mm -hmm. and what happens when you have those moments in your life where you kind of hit that speed bump where you're just kind of like what do i do now and so for that i mean so it's like a very like closed off tale um but it's gonna factor in heavily for the stuff that we're going into phase three um but i know like like the i think that's one of the great things about doing anthologies is like you get a little bit of everything from everyone and one of the things i do love about this anthology is like no matter what your favorite phase has been thus far no matter which characters you love the most there's probably mm -hmm. a story there for you yeah oh definitely yeah i i thought it was wonderful and i'm a big vanestra fan so it was Yay. for all the vanestra fans out there it, it definitely scratches that itch <laughs> yeah and um, you'll get to see her again she'll be in the five of storms so we get to yeah she's not dead <laughs> She yeah, no, it, so. <laughs> that that cover uh, that Chris just mentioned that cover is absolutely amazing. Yeah, that, um, that book that book was so much fun to write because we you know we did a we did a strategic pause right we went backwards and then we came forward and yeah. so it was when we sat down to write it it was like 
like hanging out with your friends again like after the pandemic <laughs> like, yeah. like you know like yeah. everybody was like like at home and you're like doing your zoom stuff and you're like it's weird but at least we're like hanging out and then like you, the first time you got to go back out in public together again you're like this is awesome this is what i missed so it, like that book is it was a lot of fun to write that was probably some of the most fun i've had writing star wars in a in a yeah. minute so yeah yeah i mean i'll, I'll just uh i mean seeing that you've actually just mentioned that obviously part of the seat you wrote with Tessa Grattan yeah. and you've done the same for Defy the Storm. How, how did that work in relation to obviously Path of Deceit was all new characters. So I'm assuming the two of you created those characters together, but with Defy the Storm, obviously Vanestra is a character that you've created yourself. And I'm assuming there might be a couple of other of your creations in there as well. How did that work sort of with you and Tessa writing those characters together? Yeah. So I think um, writing with someone's a bit of a trust fall, right? Because you don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to write with somebody you hate their prose. Like there are some people who I really like, but then I, I see their words on the page and I was like, oh no, I can't, I can't read this. And I think we've all had those authors where we, we just kind of bounce off the prose, not necessarily the story matter itself, but just like the sentence structure. And so um, we had already written uh, Chaos and Flame together because, you know, traditional publishing is a really long game. And Star Wars publishing is a traditional publishing short game, right? So like in like the, on the other side, when you're not doing um, IP like Star Wars, um, you tend to have like a two year runway. Um, but in Star Wars, they're like, let's make it extra fun and give you like six months. Uh, and so like we tend to like, things tend to be like, you know, you're always working on something. And so in this case, um, we had just finished, when it came time to write Path of Deceit, we had just finished all the phase one stuff. And I was kind of, wasn't burnout, but I was definitely like starting to feel the stress, right? The stress of making sure that we're creating good books, make sure we're putting out stuff people want to read, making sure we're putting out quality storytelling that also follows our larger trajectory. And so um, we already had pretty much like the overall of Path of Deceit. So we went into it. And then when we came time for Defy the Storm, it was a little more open. Like we knew the business we had to take care of, but we weren't really sure which characters we needed like we knew i knew we needed vernestra because vernestra is vernestra and i knew we needed avon because avon even though you know she's kind of been there in the background you know doing her sciencey things she has always had a big part to play in yeah. you know what's going on with, with the larger galaxy um but the other two characters i didn't we didn't really know and so tessa was like why don't we do jordana and this might be a spoiler so you might have an exclusive of this the other point of view is xylengraf and so like ooh, we're ooh, yeah and so yeah. like we were like oh because she had read out of the shadows and she's like i love these characters like i think we can do i'm like cool yeah let's do that and so um we kind of that's what we came up with we came up with you can see the hear the sirens in my i live like down the street from like my volunteer fire department so like every single time there's something there's an accent they're like here we go that's so, michael like, siglain sending someone for could because yeah. you told us I'm like well now it's revealed and so it's, 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 so it's yeah so it was like one of those things that was kind of like it's a lot of collaborative stuff but then we also like we knew um and that's one of the things that's been great about the higher public is we always know where the stories are going right nobody is playing jazz right we all know like what the end goal is like i know where every character ends up i know where every story ends and so even though i'm not going to share it with you because that ruins the fun <laughs> like we we know where we're going and so in this yeah. case it was it was fun to write with in those characters and also to see how she took characters that i had been kind of secondary characters and out of the shadows and made them mean give them a bigger life and bring, brought them to life on the page and it was a lot of fun that's, that's really exciting 
That sounds great. I mean, I'm I'm extremely looking forward to it. I I'm hoping it has a happier ending than Path of Deceit because I'm still not over what mode. So I'm still dealing with that. I think everything's going to have a happier ending than. <laughs> People always say, Kevin Scott, you know what you did, but I think Path of Deceit hit me harder. <laughs> I know. I always um, felt bad when people were Cab. I'm like, Cab is a sweetheart. We're the ones who told him to kill everybody. <laughs> like, you gotta kill these characters, right? And he's like, Do I have to? I'm like, yes, they must die. <laughs> I mean, you can't. You might have all the answers already, but of the various characters that you've been able to create and develop, which do you feel like are yours, or that you feel particular ownership or stewardish stewardship of? If that makes sense. Yeah. No, it's all of them. Because, I mean, so, so like, I don't know if you know a lot of writers, but we're so type A, right? You can't create a, you can't create worlds if you're not a control freak. And so, um, so like every character I feel that way with, but I have the privilege of working with some really great writers. And I would say probably like the best writers, some of the best writers writing Star Wars right now. And I so I do think it's, it's never a point where I feel like, oh no, they're going to screw it up. Right, like, oh, I don't want to give them my baby because they're gonna leave my baby out with the bath, throw my baby out with the bathwater. Right, like it's like yeah. there's never, there's never one of those those points. And so, like, even early on, like in the first phase, the beginning of phase one, like when things were just starting to come out, and um, Cav was like, oh, I want to put Vernestra and Emery in the comics. And I was like, yeah, cool. And like the, you know, he's like, it's just gonna be a small, small uh, cameo, but I just think it's gonna be cool to tie back to the other stuff. I'm like, yeah. Um, even in like, you know, Light of the Jedi, there are some um, characters in there that are like, just kind of appear for a blip, but they're in there. And so it's, mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things about working collaboratively, like not everybody can work collaboratively. I think, I think that's one of the things like we all know the kids who hated group projects in school and myself included. Um, but like when you do get to work collaboratively and when you do like trust the people you're working with, you can like create some very amazing storytelling. Like when I read Rising Storm, I was like, oh my God, Cat, like, like I knew where you were going with this, but I didn't realize until I read it. And I was just like, it, he, cause he kept talking about like, I'm gonna create the small world, but it's gonna be on the Republic Fair. And I was like, this sounds insane. Like, <laughs> like yeah. I don't know how you're gonna do this. And then reading it in the text, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is hilarious, right? Like this is delightful. And so I do think it's kind of like some of the, so back to your original question, some of the, the fun is seeing how others use those characters and those aspects of their personality that are already there that they bring out to the forefront. And some of it is also just about being able to see a character that you love and not have to do all the heavy lifting and the work of, of creating a story for them. No, of course. I mean, obviously you got to do it as well. I mean, you got to play with uh, Reef in After yes. Shadows. Um, so yeah. I think Reef is like a bit of like a, a character you must all share because he obviously featured in Midnight Horizon quite heavily by Daniel. Um, yeah. So, I mean, was, was that kind of the similar thing? Did you enjoy playing with Claudia's characters like that? Was that fun to write? Yeah. And, so, and in fact, um, I asked uh, Claudia when I was like, oh, I'm going to have Reef in the book. I'm like, is there anything you want me to do? And she's like, just just don't break his arc. Right. Because like, you know, he's 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 one of our more timid Jedi. He's not, you know, he's yeah. not like a, a Bell or a Vernestra where he's like, I'm going to go out and find the fire. He's like, I think I smell smoke. Someone should check that out. And so like, I think it's one of those things she's like, just don't break his arc because, you know, he has this beautiful arc that we're going to get to see. And if you break, if you, if you move a character forward too quickly, then it doesn't feel organic in the storytelling. And so I think one of the things that was great about it is, you know, like, for example, like we knew what was going to happen with Reef and Comac. 
when Into the Dark came out. Like we already knew what that arc was. And so being able to kind of just push it in like, you know, incrementally. And I know sometimes from the outside, it, if you're reading a book, you're like, this character's not doing anything. They're not growing and changing. But it's like, sometimes you just need a little bit of an arc and you don't need to push it too much because there's going to be a payoff in the next book. So yeah, so it, it is, it is, I think, a great responsibility to take somebody else's characters and write them. But I mean, that's kind of what we've been doing with Star Wars all along, right? You're taking something that a lot of people love and you're, you know, writing hopefully in the spirit of what that thing is and, and adding to the canon and not making something that, that everybody's going to hate, right? Yeah, of course. And even if they do, then you just focus on people who do love it. <laughs> because yeah. there's always going to be a couple of people who there's are like, I hate puppies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, I mean, um, our, our next question, this is as two massive High Republic fans, this is a hard question for even us to answer. Uh, but what, what would you say your favorite high republic story is you're not allowed to pick one of your own what no, <laughs> are the other easy, ones because i would never pick one of my own, my own one. i mean i love rising storm i do love rising storm um yeah. and i really like um quest uh uh my gosh quest for the hidden planet i think it's quest for the hidden planet wait hold on i have my show i just finished it quest for the hidden the, city uh george mann's yeah. uh middle grade yeah. from from phase um from phase two because i do think it's just so much fun it's just like I think a lot of times people want to skip the middle grade books because they're like they're not they're not the main storyline but i'm like there's so much fun to be had in the middle grade space um because we're we're doing like the same storytelling we just don't have to have like the big kid conversations that are boring like the politics and the <laughs> that kind of I mean, stuff right? like, that, like, ah. a test of courage i mean that dealt with grief more than anything i've seen test of courage and obviously yeah. it's quite a dark book with imri's storyline as well yeah but i think that's i mean that's I think kids need that. Like, I think kids yeah. kids feel things intensely, especially a lot more intensely than we do as adults. And as adults, we have baggage, right? We're just like, ah, I don't need to worry about this. I've been through this before. I can handle it. And as a kid, you're like, everything's new and intense. And like, it's a lot. Um, but I do love, I, lo I do love Quest of the Hidden City. And then, um, what else? My brain is like, it's all soup now too. And I like, I've read stuff that's <laughs> getting ready to come out that I don't want to spoil yes, but i will say the the next the next arc of things is also amazing oh, wow, <laughs> okay. things that are coming out <laughs> oh. shortly so yeah <laughs> yeah um, right. i mean i think it's gonna be like, i think a lot of like i think i think readers who've been like invested who have read up to this point especially if you're a completionist kind of person you're gonna get so much payoff in like the next mm. couple of years because it's just gonna be everything is coming together now and it's it's kind of like when you're it's kind of like when you're looking at a monet right and okay. you're close up and you're just like it's blotchy i don't know what it is and then you take those steps back you're like it's beautiful it's gorgeous it's water lilies <laughs> we didn't make a monet but it's pretty damn good you're speaking to two absolute completionist when it comes to the high republic yep. so i'm looking forward to the payoffs. you're gonna have so many you're gonna need you're gonna be that guy that 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 gift for the guy with the string connected everything else like that oh, yeah. like, that's how you're gonna be Charlie, every time yeah. you read a book you're like um i guess sort of winding sort of back to the beginning with the high republic um what what, what was it like I mean, not even joining the team, but sort of founding that team at the very beginning. And what are some of your sort of fond early memories of sort of the Luminous team coming together and starting to build what is now the High Republic? Yeah, it's weird because in those first days, it was mostly like I knew I knew Daniel and Claudia from the YA space. So I had met them before. Um, I had met Daniel many times before. We'd been in a lot of places and I, I knew Claudia um, from um, her YA books. 
but I hadn't met Cav or Charles. And so it was that first like week was a lot of like kind of feeling people out because we all like that first week, we all knew we were going to be writing something new, but we didn't know when or what. And so we were just kind of pitching all kinds of different stuff. And I remember at one point, and this is like a, a memory that will always stick. Uh, Charles has suggested he was like, we should do something about Yoda when he's a baby. But the joke being he's giant when he's a baby. And then as he gets older, he shrinks. Right. So like, yeah. And so like (laughs) the story group team was like, no, absolutely not. No, no, nothing with Yoda's race. Nothing. No. And we were like, what's that about? And then like two years later, the Mandalorian comes out. We're like, oh, now we get it. Like you can't like, (laughs) and so sometimes, you know, so it was like, it was a lot of that. It was a lot of like, you know, everyone had an, had ideas they wanted to talk about because when we did that first meeting they're like come with a with a pitch like with a thing and the funny thing is is like even though we all had very different pitches a lot of the stuff in those pitches has made it into the higher public in one way or another and so like we've we we, i mean we kind of went like cab's pitch was like what what do the jedi fear what scares the jedi and that was kind of like our leading our push for the higher public um but it was it was really one of those things where you realize like when I was in high school, back in the dark ages of uh, beepers and not even cell phones, no internets, right? Um, <laughs> being a Star Wars fan was kind of hard, right? Because you had the books, there were no movies, there were no TV shows. And if you did find somebody else who was a Star Wars fan, then you had these like intense arguments about characters and, you know, and then someone's like, well, if you haven't read New Jedi Order, you don't know anything, right? Like, it's always like, it's very like, like yeah. intense nerd fighting. And this was like when we got together to start doing um, the higher public, it was the first time I'd ever been in a Star Wars space where I wasn't like a tensed fist, right? Like a closed fist, like 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 willing to fight for my favorite characters. And so it was really nice. It was just, you know, five authors and a whole bunch of other like Lucasfilm employees who all just really, really love Star Wars. I just wanted to create something really, really cool that felt like Star Wars and that, you know, that brought that that kind of spirit of the movies, especially the original trilogy, um, back to the to books, right? I mean, and like like there was, you know, like they're talking about like interlocking media. I'm like, I don't even know what that's gonna look like. I'm just gonna focus on my one story. But then you realize very quickly it doesn't work that way, right? You have to kind of like read everything or else you're gonna miss something. Um, so yeah, so it was like, it was just, it was really cool. It's one of those things. It's, um, I think we've all had that moment where you go to a space and you're like, oh, this is where I wanted to be all along. Like it took me a while to find this space, whether that space is, you know, university or whether it's, you know, a a career or if it's just even your, like a found family, that's what it felt like. It's like, I finally, you know, I had people I was going to fight with, right. Because I was going to be like, that's a dumb idea. Let's do this instead. Right. Because that's, that's normal storytelling that you would break the story. But for the most part, everybody was in agreement. Everybody was paddling in the same direction. And that's really, really cool. And not something I, I think you get a lot of times in your life. There's usually one person paddling the wrong way. You're like, what's going on? Like, you're slowing the rest of us down. But in this case, yeah. it was like very, very early on, very quickly, we were all moving kind of in the same direction. Yeah, what that's was, great. If you don't mind answering and saying, mm-hmm. what was your pitch? Mm. So I will tell you my pitch because this is like the thing I am dying to write. And Every single time I find somebody in Lucasfilm, I pitch it to them. Um, <laughs> mine was basically like old man Windu, right? Like what happens? Because I do not believe he died, right? Like, like, we, had, like we had people cut in half, they came back, right? So I'm like, yeah, yeah. Mace Windu totally, like he survived that fall. 
he was just like f this i'm done with the order i'm gonna go find something some other way to like make the galaxy better and so <laughs> part of it was that where you know like kind of like this this idea because it seems like for me i'm always like order 66 is like the saddest thing but also i'm like i feel like somebody should have seen it coming even if no one listened to them right they're like who's the cassandra jedi right that like knew like this was that thing was going to happen and nobody listened to it um but mine was like mine was like i wanted to see like you know what is what are people doing after, immediately following order 66 like like what is what is that and then of course you know then we get like you know delightful obi-wan and so we kind of got a little bit of that but like you know a little bit later i guess it's like seven years so so, so does that mean sort of at the beginning, Venestra actually as a character wasn't a, a part of your plan at the very beginning or, or was she sort of built in with some of your initial thinking when it came She was to a different, differently, yeah, she was a character, but she was a different named character. And she was right, kind of okay. like, she was kind of like our Cassandra Jedi who was like, there's this oh, thing okay. we should, we should investigate or whatever. And so, yeah. yeah. And then I think, uh, yeah, I won't show you the rest of the, because I think a lot of the other some of the stuff, like for example, like Claudia's pitch, I'm pretty sure you we haven't seen yet, but you're gonna okay. see. It, so I don't want to ruin it. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems right. My brain is soup, so it's like trying to figure <laughs> out. It's like, is that a bit of carrot or is that a bit of, of pea? Like, I don't know. Like, um, but yeah, but yeah. So like, that was mine. Like, I was like, but then like, for example, like the planet Dalna was already named in that pitch, and then um, Cab when he wrote dooku because he was writing dooku at the same time yeah he, he put it in there as like kind of like to try to like start seeding some of the stuff we were using and stuff. Mm. yeah he definitely so, did that because he mentioned obviously trennis and uh the lost you know all that stuff didn't he so yeah so we were already so then that's the, then that's the that's the weird thing right you're like oh, how did he <laughs> it's like we yeah. were already talking about it in the background no way just, <laughs> nobody had seen it. yeah yeah well um if we could take it back a little bit further if that's okay yeah um would you mind telling us a little bit about how it was to write your first Star Wars novel, Lando's Look? Oh, yeah, uh, it was terrifying. Oh, no, sorry, let me finish. And your experience there. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it was it was absolutely terrifying. Um, so I sometimes your your agent, like, so when you're when you're writing books, like a lot of times you're just focused on the next idea because you're just you know you're just trying to stay alive <laughs> so to speak right it's like yeah. it's like being a being a published author is a little bit like a shark right like if you stop swimming you're gonna die and so like you're just like the goal is just to stay published especially once you're published and this was right before my book um dread nation had come out and you know i was getting good good buzz and and you know people seemed to like it and so i was like okay cool like this is you know i had two books that came out and went, did nothing right and so this was like the book i was like okay this book might actually go somewhere and my agent emailed me and said hey would you be interested in writing star wars now if you have an agent they will often email and say hey are you interested in doing this thing and it doesn't mean anything's going to come of it they might just have like a generic request in their inbox and i'm like sure and it was not even two weeks later that i got an email and it was like hey we got an offer for a middle grade book for you where <laughs> it's for about lando and um and uh it takes place uh, slightly before the solo movie and i was like huh like because i had like heard some yeah right it's like <laughs> like i like i am and even now i don't i don't like i don't like the, the lead up of things right like so you know like people were talking about like the ahsoka tv show like two years before i even started filming like i don't like the rumor mill like i want to i want to yeah. see a thing when it's done and it's completed and it's ready for me to be seen because um, and it's not that I, I, I dislike spoilers because I don't really care about spoilers. I'm still going to enjoy a thing. It's mostly I want to see it when the creators are ready for it to be seen. And I think like sometimes like those sneak peeks, like those behind the scenes stills and stuff like that, they kind of ruin a little bit of the magic. 
And so I was just like, what? so like, you know, I'm going to the Google, I'm like, solo movie. And I was like, oh, that seems cool. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, sure. Is this, I mean, cause I didn't know it was like a, like, like a real thing. Yeah. And literally like two weeks after that, I had a contract and I was talking to Jen Heddle about what to do in the book. And I think I had that moment of, of, there's a moment when you're just trying to swim where all of a sudden you see land and you're like, oh, I thought it was an open ocean. Now I have to like swim towards this island. And that's how it kind of felt like. It kind of felt like I had been paddling for so long. And I was like, oh, this is a good thing. But then I was also really worried I was gonna mess it up. And I think that's every author when they first come to Star Wars, they're like, it's such, such a big franchise. And it's, these are characters like, I mean, I read those, those Lando, like, James Bond trashy books yeah, from yeah, the 80s. The, Remember those? Like, the, crazy, the crazy titles. Yes. And he had, like, him in a cave or something like that. And he was the just, mind like, half of Sharu or something yes! like that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like, these very, like, high 1970s fantasy books with, like, Lando. And, like, he's always, like, having sex with ladies or romancing ladies <laughs> or charming ladies. And I was, That's like, how Lando, that's what he does. Right. That's all he did. He would show up like, every single scene. <laughs> you're, like... There are a lot of ladies in this planet. Um, so like, and, and uh, so it was like one of those things. I was like, oh no! I was like, what am I like? And so then they were like, well, we can send you the Lando comic, and that was the Lando comic. I think Charles had actually done Soul had actually meant Lando comic. Yeah, so they sent me that. Comic. Yeah, and then they sent me um, some other stuff that they had, and then I turned in a, a synopsis. So like, even now, before we we start writing, we always give them a synopsis. We always turn in a synopsis because you know nobody wants to like give you the keys to their Maserati if they don't know where you're going. Like, that's right. So yeah. they're like, we need a map to know where you're going to go. Right. No, no taking this off-roading. And so I had turned in the pitch and I got back to like two weeks later and they're like, Oh, we should have let you read the script for the movie first. Yeah. Uh, this is part of the movie. So I had written the droid rebellion that is in the end of solo. Right. Where it's like, yeah, we're gonna get the droids together. Like I had written that was part of my pitch was that, and they were like, oh no, that's actually like the B plot in the movie. I'm like, okay. Um, and so then I ended up going out to Lucasfilm and reading the solo script because they oh, were wow. like, yeah. And so I mean, like the ending wasn't in there because it was like redacted, 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 and I had to like sign this sheet like saying I will, I will not like NDA or whatever. Um, but I sat there in this like this room at Lucasfilm, and it was like the coolest thing ever because I never been to Lucasfilm. Like I'm like sitting here like with, you know, like posters and like, you know, the temple guard like outfit. Like there was just like, everything was like, it was just like, there are like artifacts everywhere and stuff like that. And it's not just like, it's not just, it's not even just Star Wars. It's like, there's Indiana Jones stuff. There is Ghostbusters stuff, one and two. There is, you know, the ending painting from Die Hard, the second Die Hard movie where the planes are on the tarmac after they like stay like yeah on they like everyone lands like that's a painting that's like a, something that like that uh ilm had done or whatever that's like a like a and so like they have all this stuff there was like the robotic scorpion king like so i'm like sitting here going through this like all these movies i know all these movies i love and i'm there if you're gonna go read a script and i was like i am so screwed i'm gonna mess this up like <laughs> that was like a thing i was like I'm like, just keep smiling. Don't say anything. So they don't know you're a huge fraud. Right. And so it was, it was very intense at the time. But then once I started writing and once I kind of fell into that character, I'm like, you know, Lando, like, it's just a younger version of the character you loved since you were a kid. And it got a lot easier. And I think that's like, for me, every, every book, High Republic's been different because it's, you know, obviously we're not 
necessarily futzing with a lot of characters people have already well known and love and you don't want to mess it yeah. up um but even when i went back and wrote um spark of the resistance i'm like no you know this character you can you can do this like just you know like talk yourself in, into the the character and for me once i know the character i feel like everything else falls into place so can I ask a quick spark of resistance question actually it just came yeah. to me was it your decision to not include finn in the crew of that book or was it that come from lucasfilm i was told to pick a certain number of characters and finn was already busy at that time somewhere else in i think he's in the comic book i don't think was, I, I don't. so he was yeah so he was so so like i like i had everybody in the original right up and they're like oh no no some of these characters are i think finn and chewbacca are in at that time i think they're supposed to be maybe an adventures comic or something i think maybe I yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. an all ages comic or something but they were like oh <laughs> if you if you use they wanted they definitely wanted poe and they definitely wanted ray and then i was like well can i have the millennium falcon because i'd already written with it and i like once you know like the the makeup of a ship it's kind of nice to keep using yeah. that same ship because it's like writing space battles on in prose is really hard <laughs> because it's imagine, like yeah. thinking of like where things are and then you know also pew, pew. you know yeah. right pew pew and like the you know the logics of physics but it's space so they don't really follow like you don't really bank in space right because it's space um even if you do in star wars um but like so it's just like like one of those things that's just it was and so yeah so no i i believe it was like oh these characters are somewhere else and then I was like, well, can I have Rose? Because it's like, I, I do love Rose. I think she's, she's just a delightful. And I was very upset with how she got treated in, in uh, the final, in Rise of Skywalker or whatever. Same. I think most people are, to be honest. Yeah, I was just kind of like, she was like such a great character. And she was, she to me was like the soul of like what Star Wars has always been about, yeah. right? She was that like pure of heart. Like I've lost everything, but it's still something worth fighting for, right? Kind Luke of like a bigger idea. Yeah. And so I was just kind of, but yeah, anyway, that's, that's personal. But yeah. But so, yeah, so no, I, I believe it was like, oh, you can't use everybody because these people, people are over here. And then they're like, but you can use this, these other characters. So, yeah, it's right. one of those things. It's like, it's sometimes, and sometimes things change, right? So sometimes you're writing and they're like, oh, you can't use this character. And then you talk to the other author and they're like, oh, yeah, I was going to use that character. But then I decided not to use them because it didn't work out. It was too many points of view in the book or whatever. So then you're, you're like, like damn oh. it. <laughs> that whole thing for them. Um, it. Yeah. I mean, you've also recently joined the pool of Star Wars comic writers. Um, so congratulations that. on that. Yeah, um, thank you. We both loved your Jab the Hut issue of War of the Bounty Hunters. Yeah. Um, we always stand either. So there you Yay. go. Um, <laughs> but I personally have to ask, because it's probably my favorite comic miniseries ever, maybe. Was the Santa Staros miniseries your idea or was it pitched to you? And also, what did you want to get from that series? What was your aim? Yeah, so um, they asked me if I'd write a Stanistaros uh, miniseries. And they were like, and I asked, I'm like, well, what's the story? And they're like, we have no story. You get to write whatever you want, which is very rare. <laughs> like, you don't even get like a log line, right? You get, you get just carte blanche. And so I wanted to, I think a lot of times when we get a character story, we get the character in isolation right and to me yeah. that's not how people are people are the products of their environments but also how people interact with the people they care about most says a lot more about them than just seeing them going through the, the motions of being a scoundrel or you know yeah. doing whatever 
Um, so I knew very, very early on, like I knew very early on when it was going to take place because I had talked to Alyssa about, I'm like, Hey, do you have an off ramp in Afra for Santa? And, and they were like, yeah, in fact, this is what's going to happen. And they kind of yeah, gave me 31. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so they gave me, give me that arc. I'm like, Oh, this is perfect. You're right. Like, you know, what, what sends you home quicker than a broken heart? Like what sends you back to where you came from quicker than like having a setback? But I also didn't want to spoil Alyssa, for, uh, Dr. Afra, for people who are reading both. So those first like three or four comics, it's kind of like, you know, Santa's coming home, you know, um, she's kind of getting over a heartbreak and it's Afra, but you don't know if it's when they're at university or if it's more recent. And yeah. so I did that on purpose because I didn't want it to spoil it. And I was like, I can always reveal a timeline in the, in the last issue because I can always have that beautiful uh, piece of art where we see the last time that she lost. That literally was like a gut punch for me when I was like, <gasps> because that, found that, that, that piece of art is so powerful in the Afro issue. So yeah. seeing it again here, I'm like, oh, it is then. And she does care. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, and so and 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 that's what I really wanted to show. It's like I want to show because Santa is so closed off every time we see her, right? Every single time we see her, like whether she's interacting with Londo, whether she's interacting with Hom, whether she's interacting with Afra, she's always a, like the straight woman, as a, to use a term, right? Like to like she's yeah, always just very <laughs> yeah, she's always just very like all business, no play. Like she she you know she doesn't suffer fools that kind of thing so i wanted to show her in a moment where she was completely out of her depth and so i gave her this big messy family because i love big messy families and i think one of the things um star wars does a lot is we give you big messy families but we only show you the broken ones we only show you the people who've like you know dads ran off and jane joined the empire <laughs> or like you yeah, know like big messy families know, with lightsabers right right and it's like <laughs> they all they're all segregated and separated and like you know they don't even know their brother and sister right and like that kind of yeah. stuff and so i want to show like close familiar relationships because i want to show this is who santa is besides being this this scoundrel besides being this like stone cold like a woman who can like just just you know get shit done like she's also like this person who cares deeply for her family even when she can't stand them right and yeah. i think we also get to see like she just likes messy right no wonder she's ended up with afro twice right she's yeah, just say, like yeah. she's like ah give me a give me a disaster and i will <laughs> i will be there with it for belt with bells on right and so that so that was really what i wanted to show and i think the best way to show that is you know like what happens when you have a, a brother who goes and joins like the worst thing there is to join right like yeah you know, that guy, especially yeah, yeah we've all had we all have those relatives who are like i don't want to go to thanksgiving because i know it's going to be a fight with them right because they have terrible ideas about the world and so i just wanted to kind of like show that and encapsulate it but in a star wars yeah i mean like i said if i can say it again like that miniseries i absolutely absolutely loved it and i think the reason why is because it's because of those those characters that family they felt like the most the most real characters we've seen in Star Wars for a while, and their relationship was real, and you could feel the love between them yeah. in like a very real way. And I think that just hit home because, like you said, um, most stories you get are like Luke's on an adventure, you meet some new, uh, you know, um, and indigenous people, and yeah. you know, sort out their problem, like Monster of the Week type stuff, isn't it? So this felt like more than that. So thank you. Yeah, no, and part of that is Perry Perez, like his art is yeah. so fantastic. His facial expressions, I got um, that, I got the, like the line art for that first issue and I was like, oh. 
it wouldn't have been half as good honestly because it's like like he did so much and he's like oh i and he got where i was coming from right like the like the just like the there's so many faces especially arisha when she's just like what and like there's like so many facial expressions are just so great and so perfect and i was just like that is that is all him and it it just like it conveyed such a depth of emotion on in the art that i was just like Oh, it just came out so well. I, yeah, I was like, there are, I'm probably, that's probably one of the things I'm most proud of that I've done within Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, like I said, I is loved that it. It's just, it came out so good. If I can ask one cheeky question before Dan asks his, will yeah. we get any more Santa from you? Do you know? Or can you say? I, I'm willing to write. It's, I think it's mostly just sales. It's always hard to like break into, I mean, I'm, I'm also up against like 20 Vader comics. <laughs> so, <laughs> that is true. So, I mean, like, I think it's, I think there's always like, you know, it's always an issue of bandwidth. Um, it's always an issue of, you know, what people are picking up and what they aren't. And I'll yeah. be honest, I think sometimes when you have a comic with a black woman on the cover, it's a, it's a hard sell for some, some comic fans still. And so I think like that might, you know, be part of it as well. So like, no, like I, I, I have told, um, um, panic, uh, Mark Panaccia, who does the, the editing. I'm like, yeah, whenever you guys want another Santa, like I'm ready. Cause I'm just, I, I loved, I love her so much as a character. I think she's, Me too. she's grown so much as from her first appearance, you know, part of that's, you know, Afra and part of us just the other places, you know, the, the, um, the Dr. Afra's, um, uh, audio radio player or whatever they call it. Yeah. The audio. Like she's she becomes like a you know she's much much more than she began when she she yeah I was gonna began, say that so. that's what made me love that audio drama the relationship the spotlight being in the relation on their relationship in the audio drama compared to the comics really that's what made me love Santa yeah so yeah, I think absolutely. and she's I mean she's such a great character and we don't have a lot of we don't have a lot of you know characters who are like I'm fighting hard for somebody I love but they're just a hot mess. And, you know, yeah. we have a lot of people, right? Like, I mean, like you have, you know, like, you know, Padme, who's like, you're breaking my heart. And then she, you know, she goes off. Right. And so like, we don't have a lot of, you know, we don't get to see a lot of like that tr- full trajectory of like messy relationships sometimes. And I'd argue so, that Afra is a bigger hot mess than Anakin. So, and that's yeah, a problem. Sure, <laughs> <I do. laughs> even, even in the lava, she's still a hot mess. <laughs> um well just to sort of uh shift sort of back towards the the high republic a little bit um obviously you've already given us some pretty great sort of teases about what we can expect in phase three and we're very excited about it so i won't ask you the same question again (laughs) but i will say uh if you could sum up phase three of what we could expect in one or two words how would you how would you tease it to us oh honestly triumphant i think we leave the jedi at the end of phase one in such a terrible place <laughs> like <laughs> like like when, when uh when i read the falling star i was like oh no <laughs> like, yeah. like people are gonna be just yeah. like like what yeah. happened like and like i knew as soon as like like people started emailing i was like oh there could be so many upset readers um but we but we knew we were gonna pay it off and i think we've seen the Jedi keep almost making the kind of the same mistakes. And it's like, you know, it's not their fault. They have like this very deep belief system and they're, they're really trying to adhere to it. But I think we're also going to see them finally, we're going to see finally where that belief system play, pays off and how it, what, what, how it works when it does work. Um, I think, cause like, you know, we get to like, that was one of the things that's always bothered me about um, the prequels is, you know, we're told in the original trilogy, like how great the Jedi are. And then we get like, 
weekend Anakin's mom left in slavery, bro. Like, I mean, like, like, yeah. just like, that's not great. Like, that's not great at all. And so, like, I feel like, I feel like for me, especially since, you know, I was one of those people, you know, I was a full grown adult. I was in the army when I went and saw Phantom Menace. And I just remember sitting in the theater, like, that's it. Like that's yeah. like I was like and now now there, there's a generation behind me now who was like I love the original tri- the the uh, prequel trilogy which is like that's great that's their Star Wars um, I have a kid who loves the sequel trilogy right because that's their Star Wars um, but I'm excited because I think we're finally going to get to see the Jedi we've all wanted to see like we've seen them doing like the smaller heroics but now is when we get to see them to do like the big movements and so I think the the, the the theme of phase three is perseverance and triumph. And I think that's going to, I think it's going to be so satisfying. I think, you know, we're, we're ending as we began. So like I'm writing the last middle grade, Claudia is writing the last um, YA and Charles is writing the last adult book. And so I think it's kind of like really nice to like kind of bring it full circle and bring it home and, and see, you know, where we began and then, you know, seeing how much our characters have grown and changed which is kind of my favorite thing is like i love characters i love characters probably more than anything else um in stories even even as a reader and so it's i think it's going to be really satisfying to see like how these characters have come to terms with the things that have happened to them the things that they've done and you know where they end up and i think it's going to i think people will be satisfied i think people will argue like i think people i think there's gonna be lots of things for conversation i think there will be doors left open for more storytelling should people want it but I think Please. it's going to be really satisfying. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I, I think I'm probably speaking for me and Chris here when I say that the High Republic has been a really huge part of my Star Wars fandom. I've been a Star Wars fan since Same. I was like a child, but the High Republic has really just like stepped my Star Wars obsession up to a whole new level. And even just getting involved with sort of doing the podcasting and all this sort of stuff came from the High Republic. Same. So yeah that's awesome. we, no, we that's appreciate awesome everything that you guys have done with no but we appreciate you reading if you guys didn't read we want to keep writing right we would yeah. go and do we'd go do macrame or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> even something even if you do make us cry a lot <laughs> <laughs> do you know what's funny actually is during lockdown i started doing the star wars book reviews and my partner did macrame so there you go <laughs> <laughs> there you go um so if we, obviously we're huge horror public fans like dan just said and we recently recorded an episode that was all about kind of a, like a retrospective catch-up for the first two phases. And even in that, we were laughing, we were having arguments. You were calling me <laughs> stupid because I have a theory that Stellan isn't dead. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's oh, it's a dead. whole thing. <laughs> oh, dead, dead. He might be, he lives on in our hearts. <laughs> yeah, I didn't absolutely. see a body. And he can make like a force bubble around his head. Under the war, he'll be all right. I'm telling you, he's done. That'll be phase. That'll be phase. I've seven. done. Yeah, I've done Return my grieving. Seven. Chris still yeah. hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> crazy laugh. Um, <laughs> so, moving away from Star Wars, just for a, one question, if that's okay. Um, you've written a lot more than Star Wars. So, is there any other pieces of your work that you'd recommend to your Star Wars fans? I think most of my own work skews closer to horror than fantasy or sci-fi. And so if people are into that, then yes, uh, <laughs> they should pick up my other books. Um, Dread Nation is probably the book most people know. Um, it takes place in the United States and it's what if the zombie apocalypse starts 
at the Battle of Gettysburg, which was one of our most our, one of our bloodiest battles during our Civil War in the in 1864. I think that's the year. I can't. Brain is a soup. Um, and so that's the one most people know just because it's it's a zombie book and people love zombies or they hate zombies. They have strong feelings about yeah. zombies. Um, my most recent book is Rest in the Root, and it takes place in the 1930s. And it posits, you know, what happened if the um, prohibition in the United States was about magic and not about um, oh, alcohol. Wow. And so it actually comes out in paperback. Uh, what's this day? Sometime in September. I think September like 12th or something like that. It came okay. out last year in hardcover and it comes out in paperback. Sometimes I just got a box of books on my, my porch. So that's the only reason. That's the only reason I know a book's coming out. Because I'm like, oh, here's my books. Like, and here's my copies. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I should check them and see what the date is. Um, so yeah, so that's probably, and then for middle grade readers, if you, if people who like, like middle grade, um, Ophie's Ghosts is, um, is a book that's done really well in the middle grade space. And it's about, um, a little girl whose father is murdered. Um, um, he's lynched and it takes place in the 1920s and her and her mother move from the South American South to the North and they find things are different, but not much better. And she sees ghosts. And so it's kind of like, I keep pitching it to people. It's kind of like the sixth sense meets the great Gatsby kind of feel. And so that's, um, and that's also in paperback wow. too. So like, I always try to recommend books that are in paperback because it's a, it's a much easier bite on the wallet than a hardcover. Cause sometimes, yeah. hardcover, especially now the hardcovers keep going getting more expensive. So I saw the cover for that one and it looks really great. And then it I even, even sounds even better now. So I'm just going to write that down. To order. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and obviously at the beginning of this month, you've got a few things releasing there, haven't you? Cause you've got tales of light and life. And yes. I think on the ninth, the Saturn Staros trade paperback yeah, is released. Yeah. But I think the, uh, volume or the omnibus or whatever they call it. Yeah. I pre-ordered special. it yesterday. So you've got, yeah. <laughs> that is. And then I think, uh, March we have the five, the storm. Is that correct? Is that the date? I know it's, George's comes yeah, yeah. George's comes out, Sorry. I think in November, George's the yes, um, eye of darkness. Definitely does. Yeah. And then I can't remember when the middle grade comes out, maybe january i can't like it's like yeah, they're like, spreading so like, them out now aren't they yeah so like one of the things like we had like and you know it's one of the things it's like when people like fans email or something like that like that stuff gets passed up to mike like sigling like if like people like one of the things you know when we were at um last year we were at anaheim celebration someone was like i haven't read all the books yet and i'm like well you don't have to like just stay off the internet you know books are always fresh they never expire they don't have expiration dates they're always the same thing right that they, they, yeah. whenever you're ready for them they're ready for you and they were like there were a lot of people who were like yeah but i, I just you know with work and life i just don't have time to read everything and so um you know on our side you know writing everything that quickly it's you know it's hard on us as well and so you know that was one of the things we had talked to mike and mike had heard you know people saying and so we're trying to spread out the releases Hopefully it's a little friendlier on people's pocketbooks, um, do the world being what it is. Um, hopefully it allows, you know, more people to like request them from their libraries because I'm always like, if you can't afford it, that's, you know, great. That's what your public library is for. I love libraries. I get a lot of my books from the library nowadays, especially if it's an author or a story, I'm not sure I want to take, you know, a monetary chance on. Um, <laughs> and like, I, hopefully it gets people a chance to, to read and digest and not feel like they have they're in competition with themselves or the internet or anything else because i do think one of the things about books it's fun to talk about books but it's also nice to just take your time with a story and read it and ingest it at the pace you want to read it at instead of like yeah. reading through and then of course if you want to read it quickly and read it three times you can do that as well <laughs> so like you'll have time before the next book comes out so um sort of i guess along along those lines um if, if you could recommend to to a star wars fan who has never picked up a star wars book before 
a Star Wars book to read, what what would you personally recommend? Oh, this is easy. I would recommend um, Alphabet Squadron, the the Alexander. Okay. Is it Freed or Friedman? I think it's Freed. Freed, Freed yeah. Freed, yeah. Um, I recommend. I actually recommended that to my neighbor who is a non-reader. Um, he's he loves Star Wars. He loves you know the Expanse. He loves all of those sorts of like you know sci-fi shows. And I was like, well, have you read a Star Wars book? And he was like, no. And, and I was like, well, I'm not going to hand you mine because that's that seems like a jerk mood volatile. <laughs> like, but I have this book, Alphabet Squadron, and he actually loved it. Like he read it. And I think it's because I think sometimes everybody knows the original trilogy. Fewer people know, you know, the prequel trilogy. And most people probably know the sequel trilogy, but they don't necessarily know it as well as the original trilogy because it's just been it just has longevity, right? It's just been around the longest. And so I think sometimes I always try to hand people books that are closer to the original trilogy timeline. Yeah. Because if you like that, then it's 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 a small sidestep to either other uh, every, any other timeline, right? And like so, like, and I've yeah. written probably in. Well, I have a couple of things that are going to come out that haven't come out yet, but at this point, I'll have written on almost every timeline and one of the things i think is the original trilogy there's so much there there's like so much to read there and that's not even counting mm -hmm. the um legend stuff like the, the expanding universe that's just the stuff that's come out now that sometimes it's easier to hand people stuff because that way it's like okay you know it's a, it's a small step from alphabet squadron to um like aftermath or yeah, these aftermath, other things aftermath. yeah and so yeah. like i think it's like that, that's and i think but like like i never recommend aftermath because i think you have to know a little more like star wars lore and it's a quite a dense them, dense yeah. trilogy isn't it so it is and i think i think it's like and that's you know nothing there's nothing wrong with that i think i love a dense no book. it's great series. um but i think for people especially people who are like reluctant readers i always try to give them something and, and alphabet squadron is so action forward that i think a lot of times people get through the end of the book and they're like wait that's it where's the rest of it and i'm like oh there's two more <laughs> yeah. and now you're hooked right now i got you yeah so. has such a good epilogue as well obviously not F, not F, the last one shadow no, what's it called? Victory Price. Yeah. The epilogue of the characters on that is so much payoff. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, I think we always recommend Lost Stars, isn't it, to people starting yeah. to read? Yeah, Lost That's Stars. A good one. Yeah. yeah. And Light of the Jedi, obviously. And Light of the Jedi, yeah. Start the High Republic and you'll get absolutely <laughs> obsessed. <laughs> I mean, so this question is another one like that. It's a bit more of a fun question. So if you could, I mean, you kind of answered it already, so I'm going to ask for a different one if that's okay. Um, <laughs> if you could write any Star Wars character from any era, and what would it be and what would the story be? Like, what would be your, your dream scenario, other than, other than Mace Windu? Other than Mace Windu? Um, that's a hard question, because there's so many great characters. And it's I'm always I always like the, I always like the side characters who like pop yeah. up and then disappear. Yeah. Like I really want to write about those stable kids from uh the last Jedi, oh, the, right? Green boy? Yeah. Yeah, the green boy. Like I wanna know. Like like you know, it's a it's a stable full of plucky, force sensitive kids who have nothing no idea what to do with themselves, right? Yeah. And I'm sure yeah. they're I'm sure they're gonna come back at like when whatever they do with like the follow on like new Jedi Order stuff or whatever. But yeah, like I always like the second like the small side characters who you're always like well, what's the story there right and i think yeah. i think a lot of people do i think you know you always like what's the uh what's the uh the veers watch that used to be on twitter like they're like no veers me and dan have that going for the ball guy in the darth vader comics yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> the, just a big ball yeah 
And uh, Bosk, Bosk for me is one that like, right. I always want to know what Bosk Who's is the doing. Bosk, something. Where's Bosk? Yeah. 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 And so I think it's like, it's one of those, it's one of those funny, but yeah, I don't, I try and think. It's, I've been so it's, fortunate to be able to write so much, honestly, yeah. that it's like, I honestly feel it's, it's an embarrassment of riches. I know when, no, um, of course. yeah. Cause I mean, like there's so many other writers that could probably do an amazing job with it. And I feel like, you know, let other people have a turn. Like, I think it's, well, it, nobody wants to hog the swing set. Right. So. Well, okay, I'll give you a slight twist on the question, if that's okay. When I asked mm-hmm. Sam Mags this question, she said that she would love uh, a married and Afro team up mm-hmm. story, which sounds chaos. Love it. Um, <laughs> so who who would you like a team up story with Diva Lompop? Oh, my God. Uh, I would actually love to see Afra and Diva. Like, yeah. I think Afra is always going like... to be the answer. I feel like Diva would try to eat her. Like I feel like yeah. she was just like sick of her halfway through, and she's like, "That's it, I'm done with this." Um, but I also, she's—I mean, she's had a chance. Like, I also think she'd be great with like Luke, especially like you know, like that'd be between, interesting. Yeah, like like between um, um, Empire Strikes Empire and and Return, Luke, where he's kind of like feeling like he's just kind of yeah. trying to to move forward and, and figuring things out. I also think she'd be great with Leia because Leia is so like we always see Leia and she's always very like here's the book here are the rules and I'm following all of them and, and you know unless I have to I'm forced to like you know change and so I think that she'd be great there too but I'm actually I honestly I'm at the point now like I would love to see other people take on these characters because I, yeah. I want to sometimes when you're working on a thing it's no longer fun and I want it to be fun again and so I would love to see other people write these stories so then I can enjoy them yeah i was gonna say that leads perfectly (laughs) leads perfectly to my final question um as as we mentioned earlier me and chris were fortunate enough to be at star wars celebration and we were both in the room in the high republic panel uh and the moment at the end of that panel where they brought leslie headland out to talk about the acolyte and announced to the room that venestra was going to be the first high republic character to transition into tv i can tell you as, as you weren't there, it was an incredibly emotional moment. I think the whole the whole room sort I of well up and nearly cried. <laughs> <laughs> and I was actually sat next to two uh, people dressed up as Vanestra, and oh, awesome. I think they were crying as well. So it was very emotional. H- how does it feel for you, being you know Vanestra, being as you said earlier, that's your girl? How do you feel about that transition to TV and a much wider audience? Um, I'm excited. I think it's great. I think maybe they'll let me write a marvel vernestra comic now because <laughs> yes. like she's got a, there's a long time yes. like mary allen's lived a really long time now in, in, in canon and so like you know there's a long time between you know what's happening in phase three and getting to the jedi council or getting to you yeah. know acolyte and so like i am i am excited to see it but i'm also just really excited to see something that i created but i also have nothing to do with <laughs> It's like yeah. it's a lot like when you like when your kid brings home like artwork from school and you're like that's great you did that but I didn't have to sit there and like clean up glitter afterwards <laughs> so like that's yeah. amazing and so yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm really excited I mean I'm honestly just really excited to see it like I was you know joking I was like oh the first the first on screen we've uh, high Republic stuff we got to see was Young Jedi Adventures right like Nubs Nation kind of thing which is fun yeah. and I yeah. think it will be actually cool to see live action stuff because I do think um i do think it's different 
like when you look at storytelling in live action and, and in books. And I think there's a lot that's maybe sometimes left either it's not explained or it's not touched upon, especially in the Star Wars where we like we use comics and books to fill out so many like character motivations and stuff like that. Um, but I'm really, yeah. I'm just really excited. I'm, I'm just, I'm always excited for like new Star Wars. I'm always just, you know, like I said, I grew up in the the dark era between like when we all we had was books and, you know, and every once in a while people were like, there's going to be a new movie. And then it would never happen, you know, and then you had to get those fanzines, like, fanzines or whatever that came like in your mail, you had to like sign up for them and stuff like the back of like, weird yeah, it was just, yeah. And so like, I am excited like to see just because I just, I, I'm of the mind that even if I don't like a Star Wars thing, it's still better than not having it at all. So yeah, I'm like, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Definitely, so. yeah, and uh, I, th- I obviously we we were lucky enough to to see the, the trailer uh, when we were there in the room, and it just felt so High Republic. So it really, that's, did. that's that's the thing that's got me the most excited about that is it just feels like what sort of the Luminous team started all those years ago. So it's oh, really excited. Yeah, oh, and it's gonna be amazing if if they if the story is still what they briefed us out that it was gonna be. It's gonna be one of those things where people are gonna be like, what? This is awesome. So. I'm excited. I'm I'm genuinely genuinely excited. Like I said, every single time, you know, people are always like, oh, "Are you excited for this? Are you excited for that?" I'm like, "No," <laughs> because I have <laughs> because it's just work I have to do, right? Like when, they, in this case, it's like there's there's always something because you know people are always like, "How do I write Star Wars? How do I get into writing Star Wars?" And I'm like, "Do you want to love it forever? Because if you want to love it forever, <laughs> do not work on it. Because as soon as you, I am of the mind, as soon as you get paid to do something, it's less fun than if you were just doing it for fun. And so, like, I mean, yeah. you know." eating is really nice like being able to pay you know pay your mortgage is great but i definitely the stuff i don't work on is always the stuff i enjoy more because i i'm not thinking of like okay how am i gonna have to pay off this this easter egg or this breadcrumb that someone dropped in a story i'm just enjoying the story as a fan yeah so i mean quickly to add on that i mean obviously just just before you uh go have you watched ahsoka yet i have not i have not watched i have not watched that and i haven't watched the most recent season the mandalorian but i was not like i'm full disclosure i was like not a huge clone wars fan just because it hit at a point where i was like going to bars (laughs) yeah no i get that right right like so like like your priorities have shifted yeah i was like (laughs) so like i had like so i've gone back and watched the clone wars like i've gone back and watched it like done like the completionist stuff where you like you know you watch like episode one and then you i think you watch two and then you watch the clone wars and you watch like i can't remember yeah. like I, there was like there's like those different yeah. like things and so i've done i've watched most of it since um but i still i mean like honestly i, I think i liked rebels better which probably was going to get me yes. to the island yeah, yeah. And so, like, no you're, you're speaking to the right people with rebels yeah there. yeah yeah like so <laughs> I, think, I think it's just a lot of that like a lot of yeah. the stuff i'm like i always want I don't know. I've heard, like, I've talked to people on my calendar and they're like, it's fine. And then I'm like, oh, I'll see, I'll watch it. So I'll probably, that will probably honestly be my after phase three is wrapped up watching. Yeah. So I haven't yeah. watched Andor well, for the same reason because I want to be able to, like, like, I know it's incredible. Sure. I, I love Rogue One. It is my favorite movie. And it, which probably says more about me as a person than I should. It makes but sense. But, like, yeah, <laughs> I love it so much. It's like so, it's so good. And so I, I, that's like, Putting that to the side and i just avoid i just avoid yeah. the internet and spoilers and i'm good well if it makes you feel any better ahsoka is pretty much rebel season five so if you like rebels you're probably yeah. gonna love it okay awesome yeah. that's good that's something to look forward to yeah yeah, yeah. great Lo- lots of chopper in there <laughs> lots of chopper yeah <laughs> Um, well, yeah, that pretty much brings us to, to the end. Uh, thank you so much for uh, giving us your time. That was absolutely 
wonderful to chat to you. Um, where where can people find you? What have you got coming up, book wise, release wise? Oh man, where, where can uh, find <laughs> I have no idea what I have coming up. Like honestly, like I just I feel like my my life is like chaos right now. But you can find me on Instagram, Justina the Ireland. Um, my website's always there, JustinaIreland.com, and I'm on Threads because Twitter is apparently dying and i i i left twitter but i'm on threads and i'm actually enjoying it right now because it's it seems to be relatively tame and friendly yeah so i love i mean that's that was one of the reasons i left twitter is like it just got to the point where it's like no one wants to log in and see like rando hate in your mentions every day so like and instagram's great because it's all puppies (laughs) it's all puppies and birds Instagram community is so positive oh it's so great and everyone's cosplay i love people's cosplay and their in their character art so like yeah so Definitely, if you guys are, if anybody, if you're listening to this and you cosplay or you do high republic character art, tag me in it because I love looking at it and I always favorite it and try to share it. So, great. Yeah, Instagram great. mostly because it's just so much fun, just so gentle and nice and lovely. Yeah. Well, I will, I will say, uh, as someone who has read Tales of Light and Life, it's fantastic and everyone listening should check it out. And Justina's story is wonderful. Yay. So. Thank you. I, and and I also, Tessa's story is. If you're a Martyro fan, it is. Yes, yes. It is so much. I've, yes, <laughs> I've read that one. Uh, that that was everything I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. As a Martyro fan. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a brilliant coda. Yeah, it's pretty good. Really is. Yeah. Um, brilliant. Well, uh, thank you so much, Justina, and uh, thank you to anyone who's tuned in uh, to the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Uh, Chris, as always, <laughs> thanks for being here. It's all right, mate. <laughs> um, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and may the force be with you. Cheers, thank you.